0: Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great player. He's one of the best players, not just in Packers history, but in NFL history. And he has defined Green Bay Packer football for the last decade plus. All of that is true. And it is still the case that now is the time for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers to part ways. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. All of the sports and gambling info you need, all of that at Bet Online, where the game starts. Joel Corey is on the show today. Uh, former NFL agent, he knows salary cap and and contracts way better than I do because it's that stuff is is really nuanced. It is. There's a reason you have to go to school to understand it. It is crazy. We are going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers contract, the situation, and what the options are for Green Bay in some greater detail. That ties in perfectly with the way I want to start the show. And that is, it's time for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to part ways. Now, if Aaron Rodgers does not want that, if he wants to stay in Green Bay, If he thinks that's the best thing for him, it becomes difficult for the Packers because no one wants to trade for Aaron Rodgers without an assurance he will play for them. So the mechanics of the trade, I want to set aside for the moment. Let's start with why this is the moment to do it. We're going to talk about the contract and the nuances of it and why all of the little details are the way that they are. I wrote about this for the leap, but... Here's what it comes down to. It is only 9 million more dollars. And I say only cuz we're talking about relative money. It is only 9 million more dollars on the cap to trade Aaron Rodgers this offseason than it would cost to keep him. Okay? So that money that money is going to be there no matter what. You are going to get something of value for Aaron Rodgers this year. And you get to start the clock on Jordan Love a quarterback in whom you have put considerable resources and who Brian Kunikan said, we think this guy is an NFL starter. If you think Jordan Love is an NFL starter, then now is the time because we have, I think, reached that equilibrium where Jordan Love plus stuff and plus time is a better asset than Aaron Rodgers. That was not the case last year. And I think this was a this was an important piece that it made sense to me Not to everyone, but to me, to say Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level, if the Packers get that version of Aaron Rodgers, they can be a Super Bowl contender in 2022. The betting markets thought that, the odds makers thought that, the general public thought that, and a lot of people in sports media thought that, a lot of Packer fans thought that, and a lot of fans around the NFL thought that. It's not what happened because Aaron Rodgers didn't play well enough. He got hurt, and I think we miss. Understood or underestimated how much Devontae Adams, I mentioned this the other day, as a bucket getter impacted this offense. Okay. The other part of this, the timing part of it, is if you run it back and you try and do this again, next offseason, you are way less than I think 50 50. Of Aaron Rodgers playing in 2024 and if he doesn't the cap number goes up considerably he costs way more money if he retires next year than he does if he retires this year that's weird but that's the way that the contract is structured and we're gonna get into it with Joe Corey to explain exactly why that is it's it's weird it's nuanced But in view of that, this contract, and I know that Aaron Rodgers thought, oh, this is written as year to year, that kind of thing. Andrew Brandt mentioned this. The way that this is structured, it actually makes this offseason the potential pivot point. This is the time when you decide. And so for the Packers, in a way, this is the perfect time to decide because if it were last year, and they, they had a pivot point last year because they had to extend him, right? But they, they wrote it so that if after a year they needed to get out of it, they could. That's where they are right now. And if they wanted to do a trade next year, they could. You're eating way more money and you're going to get probably way, considerably less stuff. Like if, if, you know, the price today is not yesterday's price or yesterday's price is not today's price, whatever the quote is. Dang it, I screwed that up. <laughs> they could have gotten more for Aaron Rodgers last year coming in off an, off an MVP campaign than they could this year. And this year, they can get more than they could get next year. They can still get real good stuff for Aaron Rodgers, I'm telling you. Carson Wentz was traded for a conditional first-round pick, was terrible. Okay, it wasn't terrible, but was, but was not good And got multiple day two picks from Washington. For Carson freaking Wentz, this is Aaron Rodgers. He's worth a first round pick to 30 NFL franchises just for the name on the back of the jersey because they will sell, you know, tens of thousands of those jerseys and that's money in your pocket. They will put, he will put butts in seats in every stadium in the NFL. He's worth a first-round pick just for that. So the Packers can get something for him. The problem, if you want to June 1st and spread this, this money out, can't trade him until after June 1st. And that means not getting assets this year for Aaron Rodgers. You'd have to wait till the 2024 draft. Well, that makes those assets less valuable because then you don't, Get those assets with Jordan Love. So if you trade Aaron Rodgers in the next 100 days, you can use whatever draft capital you get to buoy the team around Jordan Love and you're fast-tracking his development a little bit, giving him more a better opportunity to succeed and giving the team, of course, a better opportunity to succeed. And you get a better view of who he is as a quarterback. the time is now and the time is now not just because of this this passing water level where you get to the point where it's actually more important now to not waste the opportunity to get Jordan Love on the field relative to having Aaron Rodgers but it is also because if you wait the the actual Penalty, the cost. We talk about opportunity cost. That is a, a sort of um, you know, it's an abstract concept. It's more nebulous. It's just the idea is, oh, well, you missed out on this opportunity to X. Ex- no, no. There is an actual cost to waiting. So there is an opportunity cost and then the very real added cost of what it's going to cost next offseason if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback and almost certainly retires. Now you can post June one retire. That's what the the Saints did with Drew Brees and then you can spread it up but you're still spreading out a huge chunk of money and you basically have to eat what is the equivalent of this year's cap hit twice versus just this year. If you trade him this year, you eat that dead cap, it's over, you start fresh. And so all of this too, I think, is predicated on this idea of how close you think you are to winning a championship and what you think that is worth to you. So let's say you could think you can get DeAndre Hopkins or Brandon Cooks. Does that get you to a Super Bowl? Does that close that delta down when you have to make all these other decisions on other players like Adrian Amos and and Dean Lowry and and figuring out okay what's the situation in the secondary and what are you going to do with the offensive line and David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones and Preston Smith and all these other guys? How can you make this team better? Is it just getting that S-tier receiver, is that enough? And I don't know if Nuke is one of those anymore. So, where are you as a team? Where do you realistically think you can get to? I think the biggest mistake the Packers could make is thinking that just getting a receiver and running this back with Aaron Rodgers is enough. Right now, given the way that this team with these players played this past season, I don't think... It is. Now, there could be terrific year two improvement and Quay Walker could explode and Devontae Wyatt could explode and Christian Watson could turn into a bona fide superstar and Romeo Dobbs is is a really nice player. That's asking a lot for what is almost certainly just one season. Whereas I could get value and be, I think, pretty good. I think, you know, if you looked before the season, if you asked people how many games you think you could win with Jordan Love... Eight, nine? Guess what? They won eight or nine. I think Jordan Love, and a lot of, I, I I asked this question on Twitter, a lot of fans think that if the Packers had just played Aaron Rodgers while he had a broken thumb, that the Packers would have won more games than they did with Aaron Rodgers with a broken thumb with Jordan Love. If the Packers think that, then this is a no-brainer. It's just done. Now, publicly, they haven't said that they want to do that. In fact, they've said the opposite. So we'll see if this is actually the conclusion that they come to. But to me, Pragmatically, this is the way you want to handle this. This is the time. This is that inflection point. And you can you can accept all of the greatness that Aaron Rodgers has given this team and say, he was great. He was great. I have never enjoyed watching a player play football as much as I have enjoyed the, the quarterbacks of the last 30 years of the Green Bay Packers play football. Watching Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers is like one of the great joys of my life. But that doesn't mean it's not time. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know what success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates for your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data for using insights for your job post. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy for you to scan and rate applicants based on your hiring qualifications. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. I had one today. My toddler didn't even let me finish it. He wanted to eat it. And he ate it gladly. He loves them. My wife loves them. My whole family. We are a built bar house, the Bukowskis. We love these things. We really do. And why? what's not to love? It's 100% real chocolate. The flavors are incredible. I've never had anything like it. And they continue to innovate. I go back to to bars that when I first had them, you know, last year, let's say, I was like, oh, this is the best. And then I have some of the new flavors. And I'm like, how did, where does what are the, those other ones? Who cares about those? These these things are amazing. It, it really is remarkable to see what Built Bar has been able to do and still deliver on all the macros. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to order them online only. You can go to built.com and get Built Bars. I still do. But you can also go to Walmart and get them. You can go to Sam's Club and get them. You're doing your regular shopping. Hey, let me grab some Built Bars. You can thank me later. Joining me now... Former NFL agent and a man who understands contracts and salary caps way better than I do, which is exactly why he's here, Joel Corey. And and Joel, the thing about this Aaron Rodgers contract, and thank God you wrote this piece for CBS Sports explaining it, because I'm looking at it going, okay, how can it be possible that the dead cap accelerates in 2024? It is bigger. Like this doesn't make any sense to me. This is not how any other contract I've ever seen works. So I, I wanna I want to talk through a couple things. First, the mechanics of the deal. Why you would structure it that way, and then what you think it ultimately means for this team? So let's just walk through this off season. What is the what is the situation with the cap in this contract this off season for the Packers in terms of their options with Aaron Rodgers? Well, I,
1: he has a cap number of basically thirty one point six. That's how it's on the books. He's got these two option bonuses. One in 2023 to pick up the 2025 year, second one in 2024 to pick up the 2026 year. The presumption is the options will be exercised. So when you talk about the cap number, the cap number assumes the options will be exercised. There's a long window to exercise PC options. The 2023 option reduces um, fully guaranteed $59.465 million salary to $1.165 million is first day of the league year to a day before the regular season game, first regular season game in September. Normally, the window to exercise an option is the first to fifth day or first to third day of the league year. So if you exercise the option, you got to pay them a 53, $58.3 million option bonus, and the option bonus is prorated on the cap for four years, 2023 through 2026, because you prorate through the option years. That's why the cap number is so low. Um, the thing I've heard some people say that if you trade Aaron Rodgers, that the cap, the dead cap for Green Bay is going to be basically 99 million. Right. That's not the case because you're not exercising the option. The long window is to give a lot of latitude and leeway for him to retire, them to work out a trade as well. If that's what happens. And if you don't exercise the option, the new team is the one that assumes the option. So you only have in terms of your dead money would be the existing proration of about seven, three from the previous contracts. And then the 32 and some change from the $40.8 million dollar, um, roster bonus that was fully guaranteed and prorated when you signed the deal last year. It is one of the more complicated contracts you will see. If, they'll put
0: it if the Packers were going to do a trade, do you, do just from just from like what makes sense for a new team, does it make sense for them to rework this deal? Or is this something that you think, okay, we'll exercise the bonus. This gets spread out and, and we can live because it's not, it's not a terrible cap number this year. If, if they do it that way.
1: Yeah. The cap number for the new team is going to be 15.79. Pretty
0: they're good for Aaron Rodgers. Have, they're,
1: yeah. They're not going to have to deal with the, ation from the option bonus I mean not the option bonus the roster bonus from last year that I think is 32.64 million for that roster bonus is all a green bay cap charge it's just a question of the timing to trade whether it would be split over two years or all taken one year in full um, but you'll start having the dead money problems not to the same degree as the Packers, but you'd have them once you start exercising the options. This was done because Rodgers had all the leverage in the world in the contract. When they locked a year off of his contract, placate him, when he was talking about wanting out um, before the 2021 season, um, he had him over a barrel when he decided he wanted to stay. So they don't typically employ option bonuses like this in a Green Bay contract. Typically, a Green Bay contract is a huge signing bonus. And you have these March roster bonuses that aren't secured. Rogers no only ever had guaranteed money and base salary in a Green Bay contract, because that's just how they've done business. But you get Rogers for a fifteen point seven nine million dollar cap hit thirty two five next year. And if I'm trading for him, Rodgers, I want assurance that he's gonna play at least two years. Right. And the draft choice compensation is gonna be predicated on him playing more than one year. That it's going to be conditional. Like I'll give you, I'm assuming a first round pick. Granted, he didn't regress from being the MVP the past two years. I guess there was no place to go down, but this wasn't one of his better years statistically, but other picks would be predicated on him not retiring and being a one year gone and surround surrounded.
0: Yeah. I, I wonder if, if a trade in that situation would look something like the Carson Wentz deal, where it's like, here's the first, and then we'll give you other stuff. If in 2024, he plays a certain amount of games or whatever it is, like maybe, maybe they could work in some weirdness that way. Although you wouldn't be able to get the draft pick before 2020, like that would be complicated. Right. To, to try. Yeah.
1: Like, it's probably gonna have some conditions on it. Um, part of it would be that he's not retiring. He's gonna right. But then. Another issue is how it's going to affect Green Bay's cap if you trade him, because any team that would trade for him, Rodgers, isn't going to want to do it in the same time frame that happened with his predecessor, Brett Carr, which is right before training camp and he unretired. You're going to want him for as long as possible in the offseason, so you would think the Outside timing for a trade would be before the draft, because presumably Green Bay would want some 2023 draft capital. But the problem with that is Rodgers is sitting on the cap at basically 31.6. If you have a trade before June 2nd, you can't split the 40.3 million dollars in bonus and um, dead money you would have um, for not having him around this year. It's 40.3 what if he retires or if he's traded but you'd have the 40.3 in 2023 and he's off the books after that, a trade before June 2nd. So that's going to add to uh complicated cap situation in the Green Bay Are
0: Yeah. And, and I, I think there is some misunderstandings that people are like, well, just do the trade post June, June one. And it's like, no, well, you can cut someone with a post June one designation before June one. You cannot at least my understanding of it is make a post June one trade before June one. So like you couldn't do a post June one trade for draft capital in 2023 because the draft is before June 1st. And that's part of the complication here. So
1: if there, oh, yeah, if there was going to right. be go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is no such thing as a post June one designation with trades. It only applies to the two players you can release once the league year starts. You're going to do the trade before June 2nd and you're going to take all the Take the dead money all in 2023, or you're going to do it um, post June um, one. And then the splits, you have 24, I think, point uh, four eight million of dead money in 2024, and then basically 15 eight in 2023. So you would pick up a significant cap around 16 and some change if you did the trade after June one. But that's not going to be appealing to the acquiring team from
0: a timing standpoint. Right. And and the Packers, you would think, would want those 2023 draft picks in this deal anyway. Like if you make a trade in June, any assets you acquire, unless it's a player for player trade, which has got its own complications, you're not going to be able to benefit from it in the short run. And that's probably what the Packers are thinking if they're going to do a trade like this. You want, whether it's, you know, wh- however many picks you are able to get or whatever, you want them now so that you can reset this clock and start moving forward i want to ask you about um this this the the nuance of this that makes it so that if rogers is back and he's back on a lower number than the dead cap money like 31 million on the cap or thereabouts in 2023 if he plays but then in 2024 any of the the scenarios pre june 1 where he is retired cut traded all of a sudden, that money is way more. Explain how that works and why that is.
1: That's the problem with the structure because option bonuses are treated like signing bonus on the cap and they're prorated. So not only do you have that $40.8 million of proration from the roster bonus, which is $8.16 million per year, 2022 to 2026, so you're contending with that. You exercise the, exercise the option and he stays and plays, then you you're gonna have fifty eight point three million that gets prorated of fourteen point five seven five each year on the cap. The money um in twenty twenty four whether you trade him or he retires is sixty eight point two oh five million there there are no good options for Green Bay with Rogers um just because then you have the next year another option. So let's say he plays through 2024, uh play, plays, then he's gonna go into 2025, and you, you, let's say you exercise the second option, then you got you got 40 for three years, and that's like fifteen six. And then that's gonna um move the dead money up to 76 if he retires in 2025. by then his trade values diminished because he's Unless he hits a fountain, you fight like Tom Brady.
0: So, and and I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, and and Andrew Brandt, who's a long-time um, Packers executive, quote-tweeted it and said, look, the reason this is structured this way is so that this is the inflection point. So if, if you're the Packers and you have to make this decision, it seems to me, anyway, that the smart decision is... You, you deal him now or convince him to retire, or if he wants to retire, that's fine. But in terms of the Packers options, it's trade him now or find some way to rework this contract so that if he is going to play this year, that next year, it's not so punitive. I just don't know how you do that and if how amenable to that Aaron Rodgers is. If you were advising the Packers, if Brian Gutekinds called you and said, Joel, what do you think we should do? What makes the most sense? You're in that room. What are you advising them?
1: Uh, Get in the time machine, go back to next (laughs) February and convince him to go to Denver. (laughs) Honestly, that's what it is because um, you're taking a 58, you're taking his huge base salary of uh, 59.465 million because that's what it's sitting on the books right now until the option's exercise. And basically, that's like a huge salary conversion. It's no different than you converting someone's salary for cap purposes, in a sense, with the option, because you're able to prorate the 58.3. He's got a minimum base salary. So there's no way, there's no big way to work around it in the future. You can't really, unless he's going to give up money, he's not going to give up guaranteed money. That's why I think, I don't think he retires, because who walks away from $59.5 million in guarantees? I know he's made $300 million in his career, he talked about having generational wealth, but. No athlete in their right mind has ever done that.
0: So I, I think I think that leaves the Packers in a position where the the decision is now and they have to trade him. That is just sort of where I have landed. There are Packer but, fans. But what, who said
1: if this- want, what if he wants to stay? Because you can't just yes, he has no trade clause, but you can't trade him to a team he doesn't want to go to
0: and he he can make this ugly he can come out publicly and say i want to stay and then the packers look like the bad guy you wage this battle in the media right like that's the that's the playbook if you want to stay
1: and and that's not beneath him that's for that's for sure we saw that drama two years ago when he was hemming on about potentially wanting out and it it would have to be a mutually agreed
0: upon yes The Old Seinfeld mutual breakup that's that's what it would have to be, and I just don't know one
1: location that I would in particular might interest him reuniting with his old buddy, uh, Devontae Adams in Las Vegas. I don't know what and
0: a coach he has a lot of respect for, and Josh McDaniels.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they have designs on one of their former uh, guys from a Patriot history in Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo, but. I'm sure he wouldn't mind linking back up with Devonte
0: Adams. I think I think New York makes a lot of sense as well. That team looks like it's a quarterback away from being really, really scary. Young receivers, a, a defensive coach, at head coach that, that off, was, that's, right. Little fourth
1: brother just got fired, but he wouldn't have to learn a new offense.
0: But Nathaniel Hackett's available. Aaron Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett. Bring Nathaniel Hackett in as your OC. And and now you're cooking with gas. I think those two options make a ton of sense. Yes, they do. They do. And so I'm I'm fascinated to see like if we find out in a week, Aaron Rodgers says I want to stay. How does that change? Maybe we get that you know the piece the now they tell us peace five years from now. Like oh yeah, the Packers are ready to move on, and Aaron Rodgers came out publicly and pressured them and all that stuff. Like this, there's a lot of stuff at play here that I, I I'm I don't know. How do you think this plays out? What do you think the most likely endgame in all this is?
1: I think it all depends on him because if he says he wants to stay, I expect it to be ugly. i to make it ugly. I don't really, I don't consider, I know he said all options on the table. I don't consider retirement to be real as a thing. Yeah, I don't either. He's going to walk away from $59.5 million. It's fully guaranteed. Um, if I'm him, I kind of want out because if you look at the roster, you probably have a better chance than in Oakland if Josh Jacobs, not that from Las Vegas. if Josh Jacobs. I still call him um, the San Diego that,
0: Chargers. Don't worry about I it. I do
1: that too. Well, I sometimes <laughs> call them, I, until a few years ago, I called the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals.
0: <laughs> All right. I can't defend that one, Joel. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> if, you, if you look at the pieces, Josh Jacobs, you've got Adams, who's better than the young guys, even though Christian Watts, Watts is going to be very good. Uh, You got Max Crosby, who's a stud defensive end. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Aaron Aaron Jones is going to be around. So your your running back situation, if he stays, may may be a little different. Who knows about Bakhtiari, um, whether he's there or not? He's not on the field and you have to do something with his cap number. It's so high. It's 31, almost, it's a little over 31 million. So you ask to take a pay cut. Or do you restructure that, again, kick the can down the road, or do you release them? So I kind of look at the window in Green Bay, and they have missed the window, which was really the past couple of years. And the Raiders kept blowing all those double-digit leads. You have a better quarterback. They're still playing right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think I think that one makes sense, and and maybe the sneaky one, Miami. If if Tua is not gonna, um, you know, who knows if Tua. That's a whole can of worms. Right. His his concussion issues. Can I ask you a a broad salary cap question that I just I, I I need to I need someone to explain to me? So, all of the the reason I had to have you on, right? And the reason you had to write that piece is because these contracts, the accounting of them, it's shenanigans. It's fake money. It's like this is not this contract this year. Like in the NBA. Kevin Durant's going to make fifty million dollars or whatever it is this year, and it's going to count fifty million on the cap. It, th- like that's life in the NFL. That's not the case. How do we get to a place where that's what happens? Does it, does it mean having to have guaranteed contracts? Like, how do you get to a world where if it costs ten million this year in cash, it costs ten million on the cap?
1: Yeah, well, that's part of it. Because one, you don't have signing bonuses in the NBA because you have fully guaranteed contracts, so right. you just have salary and it counts the salary is your cap number. In the NFL, we haven't gotten to the point where you have fully guaranteed contracts, and I think that's going to be a slow move to get owners to go there. We only have the one big one in Deshaun Watson, and guaranteed money from when the NFL cap was created, the only form was signing bonus initially. You had base salary guarantees start coming in during the uh, early 2000s for the most part. Um, But that's why you have your cash and your cap, and they're usually two different things unless you do what the Raiders were, were doing under Reggie McKenzie, where you get pay as you go, no signing bonus, you had guarantees, and your cap and cash were the same. But um, that's why you have dead money because right. signing bonus gets prorated, and under the rules of the CBA, when you release someone, depending upon the timing of the release, The future year's proration will either hit the cap in the current year, or if it's after June 1, you only have to deal with the current year's proration in that year. And the following year, you have to deal with the future year's hitting the cap. So um, that's the reason. And then when you do a structure like this where you have multiple sets of proration, if you're getting rid of the guy, um, you're going to have a problem. So last
0: thing here, I heard you on a a podcast a couple of years ago. I think this was 2018, maybe even before that. I think it was spring 2018. And you were talking about the possibility of someone like Aaron Rodgers breaking the wheel, as it were, to pick a Game of Thrones metaphor, and just saying, I want to do like an NBA style contract a 20% of the cap kind of thing. And every year it goes up and up and up. And at the time you talked about the potential pitfalls of that and why it couldn't make sense or why it could, or, or how these things could change. Why do you think we haven't seen at least, at least based on the reporting that we've, we've gotten someone try something like that?
1: I think he broached it um, back then before he did. The $30 he $30. he dropped $30. some hints
0: before he signed that deal. Like he wanted to do something different.
1: And I think Russell Wilson brought it up the following year. Um, That's right. One, one thing that. You know, you're going to have a hard time getting a team to do unless you have leverage. create creating new precedent. Um, Deshaun Watson had unusual leverage he had to a guaranteed contract. I, even though he was under contract for four years, I called him a quasi-free agent because he had multiple teams bidding for him to try to uh, get him to waive his no-trade clause. So Cleveland was eliminated from the whole process. And... They basically started throwing money at them, so the agent explored that situation um, expertly to get a fully guaranteed contract. Getting a team to set a new precedent, uh, particularly a league-wide precedent, teams don't like to set a new precedent within themselves, but a league-wide precedent, you better have a lot of leverage, and you're going to have to be on the verge of free agency. It's not going to be an extension situation. You're going to have to basically do what um, Kirk Cousins did and play through two franchise tags, and most quarterbacks aren't willing to do that. We do the extension and get to the open market. You get in a bidding situation, then you'll be able to demand something that you wouldn't otherwise.
0: Which is which is a, a version of the situation we saw Deshaun Watson, and obviously yes, the yes. off the field stuff and the sexual assault allegations make I think what the Browns did even uglier, and and it's. Unfortunate that the NFL owners were not mad that they did that. They were mad that he fully they fully guaranteed the contract. But well,
1: it was, it was um, also the fact that voiding uh, uh, guarantees and forfeiture exempted out any pre-existing um, conduct. That was the part that I think most of the public was like, well, "Wait a minute! It was fully guaranteeing the contract is one thing, but now." Um, the guarantees aren't going to void because of all these sexual assault, assault allegations. You can't recoup money like you ordinarily would um, if there's a breach or a suspension. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, that that is a situation that was unprecedented. Hopefully we never are in a situation like that ever. I ever. give the agent yeah. a
1: lot of credit for exploiting it for what it is. He did his job. So <laughs> you can... <laughs> Say what you want, but the agent did what he was supposed to do under the circumstances. Played the three teams off against yep. each other and got the one that was desperate because they have been eliminated to do something nobody saw coming.
0: Yeah. All right, Joel, I appreciate your time. Um, I, I, I'm glad that we did not need an hour for you to explain this to me, but um, I, I did I did need you to explain it to me. So thank you so much for doing that. I'm sure a lot of people I might. To, I'm
1: sure the article is confusing to people, but I tried to simplify it.
0: As no, I, I would say if if you were right. confused just hearing it, go read the article because I actually think seeing the numbers make it make sense to you in a way that maybe just hearing it doesn't. So go check out the article. It's on CBS sports. Um, You can follow Joel on Twitter um, at Corey Joel. Joel, I appreciate your time. Thanks to Joel for joining the show. Great to talk to him. Thank, thank you so much Joel for, for helping me through that. Um, I, I knew what the numbers were. I did not understand how they worked. And I think he provided a lot of context and, and insight and nuance into all of that. So that was that was really useful. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college football. And that comes back around basketball, soccer, golf. If you love sports, you're going to love Bet Online. the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked on NFL today, bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. Locked on NFL, available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. All right, we are back next week. Normal schedule. and a lot of fun stuff to get you ready for. We got Super Wild Card Weekend, the divisional round, NFC Championship game, AFC Championship game, Super Bowl. I'm gonna be in Arizona for Super Bowl week. So we had a lot of fun last year on Radio Row with uh, all of the great interviews that we were able to get while we were there. Um, And I'll, I'll be bringing you a ton of those again this year. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, we do that on our Locked on Packers YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.